This is Connor. And this is Paul. And this is David. And, and welcome, welcome to Silver Screamers! Your genre apprenticing, decade sorcering film podcast. Oh, Silver Screamers! Podcast! Podcast! <laughs> oh, Silver Screamers! Podcast! Podcast! Oh, Silver Screamers! So, for the sharp-eared listeners among you who are tuning in to listen to your favourite podcast, you might be going, well, I heard Paul and I heard Connor, but did I hear, did I hear did, someone did, else? Is there, is there a third person Is there here? a third? And yes, that is because this week we are joined by the delightful, by the charming, by the gregarious, gregarious. David Leonard Scully. <gasps> Hi, David. Hi, David. Oh my God, he has three names. <laughs> Shortened occasionally to DLS. Welcome along, Dave. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. We'll clink. We're quite far away, but there you go. Sorry. So, is this your first uh, time podcasting? This is not only my first podcast with you; it is my first podcast ever. <gasps> so, yeah, delighted. So, we have uh, you. You were at Thurg. We had Yvonne and we've had Ashwin, and they were great, Dave. So, don't fuck it up. <laughs> and they were great, and you'll be fantastic. So, what we do is we just so that our listeners probably already know you mm. uh, get to know you better. All ten of them. <laughs> uh, we ask a few questions about your relationship with film mm. so we asked you kind of to tell us a few films that you love so tell us a few films that mean lots to you so um my favorite film ever is the lion king Yvonne, you are wrong yes you were just wrong about everything to do with the lion king and i will never cannot believe Yvonne was like i hate the lion king oh crazy anyway mm. i was shocked connor i thought Connor was going to pick the Lion King last week because it's one of his favourite I'm shocked he didn't and I was annoyed that you didn't because kinda, you you both know that I love the Lion King kind of half the reason that I was like oh David will come down because we'll probably Connor will probably win and we'll probably do Lion King <laughs> <laughs> well I you see I was telling you this during the week yeah. that I was taking this series to explore Disney films which I haven't seen a lot before you know, because I've seen The Lion King a million times, I've seen Aladdin a million times, so I was saying, well, I might as well take this now and watch a few Disney movies that I haven't seen, because we also bought Disney Plus, so, you know, might as well no, indulge myself. Weekend, yeah. Yeah. So, go on, tell us, why, why The Lion King? So, I think it's mostly nostalgia, like, I, and, and a lot of the movies that I really like are super nostalgic. Um, like, the other one that I connect with is uh, Edward Scissorhands. Love it. Oh, yeah, I love Edward Scissorhands. love yeah. Edward Scissorhands, but I remember watching it when I was really small, Um and just being like mesmerized by it and I was I, terrified by it really? yeah oh I loved it I remember at the end when he stabs your man yeah I was like oh no I also remember the first time seeing that and I'm like <laughs> were you like why? that why? poor guy I was no, like he just but had he, this crazy he, look in his eye with like the dude big, was big an knife. asshole I know like he a, was but he had these big knives and he's like and yeah. stabbing well, like it's what happens when you've got like scissors that's for what, hands that's like, what you happens know, when you've assholes in your life and scissors <laughs> for hands I mean I, I'm like I'm clumsy I'm sure I'd probably make mistakes on my scissor hands <laughs> if I had them but um, okay so you got Eddie you got Simba anyone anything else I guess from later on uh, a movie I really really like probably because the acting is um, I love the biopic movies but I really liked Ray 
Do you remember the oh, one with okay. Jamie Foxx? I haven't actually yeah, seen that. Oh, it's seen so either. good. It's such a good movie. Just, you get so absorbed in the whole story, but I also love to walk the line. But if I, oh, if I, I had to pick between the line, them, yeah. walk the line is great. Yeah, like, it was very good. And yeah, like I have a, I have a weird relationship with film because I'm one of these people who like, if you throw out any blockbuster, I've probably not seen it. I'm more of a like video game person, but I, d- I have seen things. And <laughs> <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've watched Fantasia. Um, I have. And I was about to say, um, I was annoyed at you for not picking The Lion King, but then I was delighted to actually watch Fantasia because okay, I, I knew nothing about it. Well, there you go. You've already seen The Lion King. Yeah. So yeah. Now we're you're expanding horizons yeah. here. Yeah. It's part so of our job here watch on the Screamers. The horizons. Yeah. Give Disney at- a chance, guys. <laughs> give them a chance. That's all we ask. Except Brother Bear. Never forgive them for Brother Bear. Never seen that one. Don't. <laughs> that, I believe, is Rick Moranis' like, last acting gig before oh. he retired. Oh. One of. Oh, he was like he was big in the nineties, and then he retired to take care of his family. Oh, oh I love Rick Moran. He was in an ad this week with Ryan Reynolds. You're kidding? Oh, ah. does for like his crazy gin thing? Or yeah, yeah. I, I, he just came on and was like, "I'm Rick Moranis," and Ryan Reynolds was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, I'm a big fan!" <laughs> and that's it, the ad. But I mean, yeah, because Rick Moranis is great. He's only in like twenty films in his entire life. Yeah, but he, he kind of nails it. Yeah, why? Like, he's you? a really good actor. I, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Hang on. Ray. Okay, so let's run back a bit. So we got Ray. Simba, Ed, Ray. Simba, Ed, and Ray. Okay, so there are three Desert Island films. If you're Desert Island, often also had a DVD player. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then what I find is the juicier questions. We ask, can you tell us one film that you are fond of that everyone else seems to hate? And the opposite, a film that you dislike that everyone else seems to love. So, the film that I like... Um, and we briefly touched on it earlier in a, in a conversation with some beautiful chicken. Just kind of throw that out there. Beautiful um, and cooked. And definitely cooked. <laughs> Twice cooked. Twice <laughs> cooked. <laughs> so. And some nice crunchy potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Twice cooked also. Um, so. <laughs> it was. It's the remake. I'm of being red for my cooking, by the way. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> red chip, red chip. It was the the remake of the Phantom of the Opera. I loved it. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Ooh, okay. Gerard I, Butler. I wish I had seen that film to tell you that you're wrong, but uh. but I I, <laughs> I didn't know that people didn't really dislike it. But apparently, it was not particularly well received or had, had no, like a tepid no, reception. No, yeah, no. it was it was a tepid no, reception. But do you think? That but I watched it. I I saw it in the cinema. and I thought it was. I can't just say this again like I did for Cats. It was a good interpretation of the stage musical. And I will I will defend that to the death, Colin. Yeah, thank you. Right. Thank you. I, I can't say anything. I just... So, we'll just so, I, so I won't. You're just like, you're, you're just like po- popular opinion disagrees. Popular opinion disagrees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Joe Schumacher, you know, you know, he only recently died and we don't want to say ill of the dead, but I don't think he's a great... I don't, I don't care for his movies. Hmm. He had a very interesting style for Batman. He liked his fog. He liked his Stevie greats, didn't he? Ah, sure, we all like a bit of fog. Yeah. Well, there's probably lots of steely, foggy greats in Phantom as well. Yeah, there's yeah, lots I feel like actually, that is a definitely... One of the yeah. big things of the aesthetic is steely, foggy greats. Well, that's yeah. why they got Joe Schumacher. 
but I really really liked it I like I think it really fits in it's that like kind of 18th century Londonish kind of yeah, thing I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. remember where it's at but I, I feel 18th century London was foggy yeah big foggy London yeah. <laughs> he's having the time of his life okay um, and then so that's the film that you like that everyone does not like yeah okay what's the opposite the opposite the film that you dislike that everyone else Ugh, seems to love right it's um, it's a Netflix film, and that's important to why mm. I dislike it, and I have a lot to say about it. It's a Bird Box. People, oh. people went nuts for Bird Box. I like that was Bird really Box. scary. <laughs> the two of you just like we're very flat to jets of you tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, okay, I thought you were going to say Bright when you said a Netflix film. I've, I've, I've not even that. heard of Bright. Um, it's okay, Netflix it's a Netflix film. film. Will Smith. Is it an older? But I don't think it's an it, Aliens or something. Yeah, it hasn't been that well received. Um, so, so Bird Box. Bird Box. Now, I I am quite partial to a. Bird box. Bird box. box of birds. I said, we Bullock. watched that together and we loved that mm. actually. Why did you love it? Because we love a horror movie and we love a tense movie. So do I. And that was the f- problem with Bird Box, right? Why? It was great at the beginning and it had a great cast and I really like Sandra Bullock, John Malkovich, all those people. But I feel, and this is a thing that happens in Netflix with their TV series as well as their movies, where they like just kind of tie everything up in a neat little bow at the end. So that, I I was annoyed that it didn't have like a grittier ending or I just felt like they could have done so much more with it and could have made it a much more frightening movie. But they had this weird showdown with the wind in the woods and then they ended up in a school for the blind or whatever it was so um, just to fill people in Bird Box is a film where the premise is the (laughs) (laughs) spoilers alert uh, 10 minutes ago Um, where there's kind of alien-y monsters but they can only kill you if you see them yeah, and then and they spend the whole film going around. Do you around. find out that it's alien monsters? I don't think you ever find it, but there's there's a, a, there's force, a force of force. some description. Do you never see them, Connor? <laughs> you don't see many forces, but there you no. go. But I mean, well, and also, if you saw this force, you would then ter- either kill yourself or yeah, uh, try turn into a psycho killer. That was kind of the there's another outcomes. film that came out that it's similar to it. Oh, there's like, there was like eight films. There was like the aliens that you if they hear you they'll kill you. The aliens with the guy from the office, right? Do you remember a quiet uh, place yes quiet place yeah and it came out at like roughly the same that was time. better yeah i i suspect it was i haven't seen it it's a better premise that if they hear you yeah well i suppose the problem with ooh, i can't look at the i can't look over there is that you actually never get to see what they're what they can't look at which is scary which is kind of scary there was a lot of sandra bullock just kind of like playing blind man's book <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, like, that's exactly it like it's like clapping yeah <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, whereas in a quiet place, that would get you killed. Yeah, yeah. But then in a quiet place, you actually see the alien, and then you're like, "That looks a bit silly." Oh, no, really? I thought the aliens look uh, pretty good in a quiet place. Uh, no, I, I contest it. Mm. Mm. Right. They're, I think they're like de- a definite, very popular film that you don't like, and a definite shite film that you do <laughs> like. So I think you filled the brief very perfectly. Well. perfectly. <laughs> a shite film <laughs> only teasing I wouldn't know I haven't seen it <laughs> cool okay so uh, wh- what is this what are, what are we listening to Khan? 
that's my, my that's your cue that's, a cue. that's my yeah. thing that's cute. Uh, so you guys are listening to Silver Screamers Silver Screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme or genre and dissect four films in that theme from different decades and this week we are covering Fantasia in our Disney animated series what so last week we did we had our first Disney week The Little Mermaid uh, from 1989 and we are going way 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 back to 1940 to do uh, Fantasia today firstly can I just say apologies John I didn't get Pinocchio in there and Paul got in Fantasia but we hope to do one of film that we'll Pinocchio do. is such a good movie well we're going we to talk a little it. bit of it now so we're going to um, we will we might do Pinocchio at another stage but I do. we're going to before we do Fantasia we're going to have a little chat about that when we, do the, when we do the theme Pinocchio movies we'll do Pinocchio <laughs> when we do puppet movies yeah well okay so Team America Pinocchio the other Pinocchio and the other Pinocchio and, and the, the Muppets. Muppets and the Muppets Oh, the Muppets! Yeah, I feel you've like got you could do, to work with there. You could do a puppet as a genre, definitely. I, I, except, I think the idea would be that it would be films that use puppets rather than films about puppets. But it's fine. Can't imagine films about puppets being very engaging. I mean, Pinocchio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway we're just making it up so we can get Pinocchio in there <laughs> um, anyway, anyway anyway anyway. so we're going to just do a little overview of the other films from the 40s um, that we saw and the 40s is an interesting time for Disney so Disney was around uh, making little shorts and then they made the first ever live action film with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs which I'm sure you've all seen it's not live action live action sorry sorry not live action the first ever animated full length film right which was Snow White and the Seven Divorce, which yeah. you have both seen? Uh, years ago when I yeah, was a child. Yeah, I saw yes. when I was a kid. I, I'm yeah. sure around Christmas it's always on and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. kind of the same vibes, like just half watching it. Yeah, well, funny, Disney were really protective over uh, Snow White for years. It was never released on VHS, it was never released on video, and it was re-released in the cinema every couple of years hmm. uh, as a kind of, uh, at, like, selected cinemas and stuff. Like, they really held, like, Disney are known for, like, holding their films, keeping them kind of at arm's bay to kind of retain the specialness. So that film was a big hit. And then Disney then went on to make Pinocchio and Fantasia, two films in one year, uh, in 1940. And uh, we watched Pinocchio this week. I thought Pinocchio was 41 or something. No, 1940. All right, okay. Yeah, we watched Pinocchio, Bambi, and... Uh, we didn't. We, were, we didn't watch Dumbo, but we, we did watch Dumbo. So, so what happened was they made those two films, and um, they pumped like Fantasia. We'll get into Fantasia later, but uh, Fantasia was a bit of a like a passion project, passion project, passion project for yeah. Walt Disney. And Pinocchio, there was, there was a lot put into those two films as well. And then pesky old World War Two happened, and <laughs> wow. it wasn't able to get released <laughs> in Europe. Stupid Nazis wow. you know, stopping Pinocchio and Fantasia from doing their their all. Uh, so those films lost a shit ton of movie uh, money for Disney. Mm. So Disney like had to rush out a film which was Dumbo, and Dumbo was much cheaper uh, and much shorter. And I love Dumbo. Do you do you like Dumbo? Yeah, I I've seen it. I can't really remember it, but oh, I'm sure it's, I would. Yeah, no, right. it's really good. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I thought though Fantasia made a load of money. Well. Yeah. So this is 1940. So Dumbo made uh, Disney back loads of its, uh, the money that it lost on those two films, and then it ended up making Bambi, which is another passion project, passion project for Disney, and that didn't make a huge amount of money either. But when the war ended, kind of after when did World War Two end? What year? Forty-five. 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 Yeah. Um, Forty-four. <laughs> Forty-four. <laughs> uh, Pinocchio was re-released and has been since re-released multiple times, and is now. 
incredibly successful and mm. has made a shit ton of money, as has Fantasia. Uh, I don't think Fantasia made as much money as Pinocchio, but it had a re-release in the 90s, which was a huge success, and that's what prompted Fantasia 2000. Really? I don't remember the Fantasia release. I remember Fantasia 2000, but I don't remember the re-release of Fantasia. No, I don't remember it being re-released either. It was on my Little Mermaid VHS. Like, oh, to do it, all the trailers. Yeah. Oh, the trailer was on it, not the whole thing. No, not the whole thing. That, yeah. <laughs> that would be a double feature. Yeah. There must be... Sorry, I, I, so should have, I didn't say trailer. If it was kicking around in the 90s, because I had never seen Fantasia, but parts of the film seemed really, really, really familiar to me when I was watching it so it must be this like phenomenon especially I, if it's been I, around I so feel long. Fantasia is kind of in in some sort of zeitgeist where you kind of just know bits of it anyway mm. and you know the music from it and then yeah. you know particularly the source of the <coughs> apprentice you know you would know that that's and that's the thing I felt was really familiar but yeah. there was other little moments as well I mean that that's been parodied multiple times I think most famously by the Simpsons I don't remember the Simpsons Pitchy and Scratchy did a an itchy and scratchy version I don't of know it. what it was called it's called like itch, itchazia or scratchazia or something do you want to before we kind of get full into Fantasia just have a little chat about Pinocchio and Dumbo and Bambi yeah uh, mm. well I can't really talk a lot about Dumbo I felt the 19 so when I was looking we looked we watched Fantasia last night and then I was looking backwards and I was surprised the number of Disney movies in the like there was, I think 1927 was it that Steamboat Willie came out mm-hmm. and that was about 8 minutes and then you had other ones with Mickey Mouse that were like 10 minutes and a lot of these Disney early Disney movies up to Fantasia were really really short like they were they were only 10-15 minutes long yeah I mean cartoons I mean the, back then cartoons were just seen as frivolous they weren't really Child, seen. But yeah also, but also 10 minutes in 1940 for a cartoon probably took a huge took amount a lot of time. absolutely yeah, yeah. and uh, snow white and the seven dwarfs was like people were saying well nobody is going to pay to see an entire film like whatever about you know 10 minutes and stuff but it's like it just um, wasn't a watching an entire film yeah, yeah he was proved right i mean and to be honest i reckon uh snow white and the seven dwarfs has is probably the most famous film and it's probably one of the few films of 1937 that people still watch today. Mm. I kind mm. of, like, as well as that, I mean, I suppose it was just Walt Disney drawing all this stuff at the time, so he, he didn't have time to be spending, you know, drawing a, a two-hour feature-length film. Mm. Um, you mean back in the Steamboat Willie days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I felt that the uh, 1940s movies, okay, so if we take Bambi, for example, not really much of a story there. Ah, here. No, it doesn't really. No, like if you go no, back and no, watch, no. nah, nah, if you watch it, there's not really much of a story. It's a little deer. It's a Ma little deer dies. growing up. A little deer grows up. A man dies. Spoiler alert! It's from the 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> and then he grows up a bit more, and then he falls in love. That's about it. I, I think. Mean, I think you can, you can rush through Annie's plot and just be like, it, this just happens, and then that's yeah, just like happens. like we did with Bird Box earlier when <laughs> she was just playing Blind Man's Book. I, I for think, example, I think Bambi is a coming of age tale, and I think the events that happen I am not a massive fan of it we were watching that and you were like it's not Neither really much of a story <laughs> no but no but like I reflected on it and stuff it's it's not about it's this what happens to Bambi in the film could happen to any deer it's not like Dumbo where it this could elaborate any one that's <laughs> kind of the point well yes to connect to it the, but no, but, but even forget about that I just mean yeah. like the actual deer if you're looking what happens to this animal 
could happen to any wild animal. It's not this elaborate plot with you know schemes and um, events. You know, with, with Dumbo with the feather and the yeah, yeah. It's it is literally the story. Of, even though he speaks and all the animals speak, there's nothing in that film that wouldn't happen to an animal in the wild. So I think it's more of like uh, a coming of age tale. And I also think it is more of uh, you can tell like Disney was still like really enjoying the animation like the fan- the stuff that he really gets off on in Fantasia you can see elements of all that all over Bambi with like spring April and mm. rains and uh, what, what's the song rain and spring or April I showers <laughs> April it? spring rain flowers April spring rain flowers what's the song called where it's raining and it's like all the choir is like <clears throat> spring sprung spring sprung spring sprung spring sprung <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember because no, you were on your phone the whole film. <laughs> that was a bit spicy. Wow! Ouch! You don't remember like the one song in Bambi? Just gonna call the burn. Yeah, spring word. sprung, spring sprung, yeah. <laughs> spring sprung, spring sprung. Timeless classic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's a little bit dismissive to say that it's there's nothing happens in it. Like, I have it to is, say, like from my memories of Bambi, and I wasn't like you, not a huge fan of it. But yeah, there's a lot more depth to Bambi than you're letting on there. I feel. And I'm sure there's a contingent of Bambi people out there. The only, the only depth, I, the only depth I saw was it was a commentary on like humans, sort of interrupting life in a forest and that kind of stuff. Bunch of pricks, a bunch of viruses. <laughs> Beyond that, much of a story? No, I don't think there was. I also don't feel it was a very Disney movie. And what I mean by that is there wasn't, there wasn't any magic or there wasn't any there was loads of magic and oh wait no there wasn't no, there was no magic <laughs> yeah 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 sorry i just fused it with the elephants seven flying around with their ears <laughs> yeah, you know true, true. but i mean there's plenty of disney films with no magic like 101 dimensions lady in yeah, the tram no magic. I, I feel no okay but that's that was one element but like the animation in 101 dimensions and a disney the disney style of animation i didn't feel was as present in Bambi gosh because I think the animation in Bambi is its strongest asset I think it is like no no I'm not saying it's it's bad animation I'm saying it's not very Disney style animation I, yeah I, I just think Bambi as a character just fits in so well with all the other Disney mascots like yeah. like Dumbo and Bambi and Pinocchio and Lady and Tramp and Thomas O'Malley I think I disagree with you there and Goofy oh let's no, let's oh, not no, talk no, about Goofy, goofy. <laughs> let's <laughs> not uh, go down that road yeah yeah that's a whole thing no I was just going to say about that like quite early it's quite early in Disney's feature film career so maybe that consistency is lost by the fact that they're still probably in a very exploratory place with their animation I think Bambi is extremely explore- <clears throat> experimental like there's like entire scenes in Bambi where it's just him frolicking in this meadow and the, and the animators are just like enjoying drawing these luscious, luscious forests that are in springtime and then there, there's frost all over them and, and there's flowers blossoming everywhere and then oh, I, think, I think that's what's exciting about Bambi is, is mm. all that stuff I didn't find it very exciting. Um, <laughs> okay. That's all I have to say <laughs> on the matter. And that's my two cents on that matter. <laughs> uh, what about Pinocchio then? That's another 1940s one. Much, much more Disney. Much more story. Much more heart. Keep the magic in it. Keep the magic. That's Keep why people go and see Disney's for magic and heart and music and laughter. Hmm. 
I think Pinocchio is... John will like this. John's a big fan of Pinocchio. I think it is an almost perfect A to B story. I think almost... It, it's uh, like a, like the most finely crafted story. Like insofar as we have this character of Pinocchio who as soon as we meet him is instantly given a goal. Like mm. we instantly know the destination he has to go for and instantly told how to get there. And then they... Jiminy Cricket is like this uh, metaphor, like he's a, uh, his, his uh, conscience personified as a character. So anytime Jiminy Cricket is off screen or away from Pinocchio, that matches then the choices that Pinocchio makes or the decisions he makes as being, you know, and then as soon as Jiminy catches up with Pinocchio, that's when things start to go right. And then when he makes mistakes, he pays for them with his nose and with turning into a half donkey mm. and then the last act he prevails and he becomes the hero of his story I just think it's a really really finely crafted story perfect actually not a very whale positive story I have strong <laughs> feelings about that that's fair but one interesting thing about Pinocchio is there's like a shit ton of uh, antagonists a yeah, shit actually. ton like there's the whale the fox the fox the two, and the, the fox and the is it, yeah, is it a cat I yeah. can't remember yeah. The real the, the slimy people and the yeah. guy that's turning kids into donkeys. The, yes, and then there's the puppet master, and none of them get their comeuppance. Who, well, what's, who's, who's the, the puppet, puppet master? master? Remind me, of the puppet master. He's the guy who like hires him to uh, to be a puppet in his show. Oh, like, oh god, and yeah. He like throws him in. Guy. He's almost the, he throws him in a cage <gasps> and is like, when you're too old, I'll use you uh, for yeah, firewood. Yeah, chops yeah, him yeah. up, and he's a really terrifying <laughs> yeah, character. No, he's like, I'm a day old. <laughs> My, um, <laughs> and I've just made you loads of money. That nice. movie, that movie is an hour and five minutes or an hour and ten minutes. No, surely it's yeah, a bit longer. it is long. It's very short. You're right. It's only is just it? over an hour. It's only maybe an hour. It's only about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, so. and they pack so, so much, much story into it. There's so, so much. Story every in it. minute of that is used. It's incredible, and it's got a pretty long credits at the start and the finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's yeah. included. Oh god. Also, absolutely. I think this went over my head as a kid, but like the donkeys in that, like when the, all the boys turn into donkeys, it's terrifying. And we never, like, the, okay. So what happens is they these boys get turned into donkeys for being naughty, even though clearly they've been manipulated. But that's another story. And then some of them can still talk, mm. and they're like, so the ones who can't talk are being shipped off to uh, to be slaves in like coal mines, and the ones who can talk are just put in another pen. And then we don't we'll see them see. again. We'll yeah. See what happens to them later on. What no, we the, don't. What the actual? And that's it. That's it. These poor sentient donkeys are being. I don't know. God knows. I feel like though. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of olden. Because Pinocchio is a fairy tale, isn't it? Or yeah, it's a, it's a book. A book. And a lot of old fairy tales are quite scary. Like yeah, a no. lot of a lot of evil stuff happens with witches and you know a lot of walking stuff. Walking on the original Little Mermaid we were talking yes, about last yeah. week. Yeah. But the walking on knives thing that's what that's from right yeah. yeah yeah that's the like hey and give us your tongue and of course you can go up on the on the surface and just you you have a good time don't worry about it <laughs> and the walking on going back to the little mermaid walking on knives that has no relevance on the plot it doesn't do anything yeah, it's yeah, just it's like just, uh, just to be mean to the, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just to be mean to the character um, just going back to Pinocchio though I had something else. oh wait, well I have a little theory Pinocchio and then we'll go on go to on. Fantasia this is like um, Paul's mini thesis we have the fox who can talk and the cat who, who never speaks but is clearly sentient and wears clothes and stuff but then we also see Geppetto has a cat uh, oh yeah Cleo no Cleo's, no, Cleo's, the, Cleo's, fish. Cleo's the fish Cleo's the fish uh, Ooh. V- v- John is shouting at the, his yeah. phone now going it's this Fiegro Fiegro 
Fiegro. Fiegro. Okay. So we have. Okay, so the, in this weird universe, we have one cat who's just a cat, and then one cat who w- wears clothes and stuff. So I was thinking, this magical island that turns little boys into donkeys. Do you think it sometimes doesn't turn them into donkeys, it turns them into other animals? And that's where that's the origins of the fox and the cat. This goes all the way to the top. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm just saying a little, little hot take yeah, I had there. Yeah, it's, it's an good. interesting it's one. A, yeah. I mean, but then you I mean, turn uh, it into a whole Marvel Universe thing and yeah, it would just lose sa- its edge. At the same time, he's got like his conscience is a talking cricket. So looks yeah. like a cricket. Good point. Maybe, yeah. I just think, I feel like that's the type of thing. Do you know the way um, Wicked took The Wizard of Oz and made it like the book of Wicked, not the hmm. musical so much. The book of Wicked made Oz from this fairy tale into this really dark fantasy land i think pinocchio there's there's a bit you could make pinocchio into a really dark universe the pinocchio verse yeah you heard it here first lads <laughs> pinocchio verse uh, there is there was a remake of that in i want to say it's like about two years old but it was only screened in italy and i really want to see it of pinocchio yeah it's been made into quite a few there's a few versions of it but there's a very new version of it and it it looked amazing i i've quite literally only seen the poster and i've heard 20 oh there's a new 2019 and there's a new one federico lelapi and roberto there's a new one in 2021 with Kate blanchett and ewan mcgregor and tilda swinton there you go i wonder i've heard that they were trying to get tom hanks to play geppetto but I didn't see his name there. He'd definitely be top build. Anyway, so listen, there's a there's a, nine, there's a little rundown of the 1940s. We didn't talk about Dumbo. Oh yeah. Oh, Dumbo's great. I can't really remember it, to be honest. I haven't seen the old one in a long, long time, and I didn't see the new one. No, no, I haven't. Have you seen the remake of Dumbo? I, I have not seen any of the remakes, and I have this thing where I just deny they exist because I feel like it will just ruin <laughs> the new ones. <laughs> I think Aladdin was good. I th- thought The Lion King was woeful. See, I couldn't possibly. I could. That it was. No. It don't was, watch The Lion King. Don't watch no, it. Yeah. I won't. I, mean, I, I absolutely won't. Love yeah. Beyonce. Love John Oliver. Keep doing your stuff. But like, no, no, that they're not willing to take a punt on on things. And that's the big thing with Fantasia. It's like this big, huge. Yeah, and they're making a live action Fantasia now. Really. Now, but it it kind of is live action. That's in true. Sense. Yeah, um, oh, I'd love to see it live. It would be well, incredible. I think the yeah. Well, we 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 get into Fantasia. We get into Fantasia. We get into Fantasia. Okay, well, forty minutes. Let's get, we get to the point of why you're here, too. <laughs> Um Right. Well, good long intro. We're gonna do a synopsis, but uh, this is gonna be a okay. This is kind of a quirky experimental film, so I think we're gonna have to be quirky tweak our, our, our our format a little bit. Do you, are you happy to do the synopsis? Do you want to do the 240? How am I going to do a synopsis of... I don't know, but <laughs> it's actually very... I think it's, I think it's straightforward enough. There's not a lot of... He there's says when he doesn't have to do well, the synopsis. I mean, <laughs> there's, no, there's no kind of twists and turns, and you don't have to go into the detail of the animations, really. I'm going to just recall images from my brain and no, throw them out there. In two minutes and 40 seconds, just throw all the shite you remember about the film. Oh, Colour, shape. Okay, are you ready? Ready. Are you steady? Steady. (laughs) And go. So, we are introduced to a choir of people on a blue background, and that is 
Um, yeah, they're all walking in, bunch of musicians all tuning up, and then the conductor comes in and explains what you are about to experience, which is, as we now know, Fantasia. Um, so Fantasia is an experimental film which mixes live action and uh, and visual animation and classical music all together and it is eight separate stories which I will now recount to you from memory <laughs> number one so the first story first story is two minutes oh that's good yeah okay amazing all right um first story is uh, an introduction with like a free-flowing form of music and there's no like specific visual abstract, to it. abstract abstract visuals. that's the word thanks um so yeah lots of abstract visuals and then the second story i want to guess is the tchaikovsky's uh nutcracker, oh yeah, nutcracker. yeah the yeah. nutcracker but it is uh, basically the early morning the late morning and noon the early evening and the night no and that's the hippos and the jur- the hippos the ostriches the no, crocodiles later on this is um this is uh, the fairies dancing on yeah. the lake oh, and, the and then and, and also there's like the little fish and there's yeah. the oh, asian the, the mushrooms and there's the asian mushrooms <laughs> the sexy the asian fish. mushrooms i didn't know they were asian until elisa told me they were asian yeah. are they actually asian they they yes, look i said this to I you i was you like it's just, a bit racist yeah i thought it was a bit racist too anyway this is my song so then there's all the fairies dancing around the place. Yeah. All right, give us a clue. And we'll okay, the next one is Sorcerer's Apprentice. The Mickey Mouse one. Sorcerer's oh, Apprentice. the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay, so yeah, basically Mickey uh, steals the hat. Seconds. Steals the hat. <laughs> gets really magic. Splits the broom. Makes a mess of the place. Wizard comes back and absolutely annihilates him with a broom. Fourth story Grant, is okay. Soundwave. Soundwave is having the best crack, doing loads of stuff. There's also a story about dinosaurs That's in the there. Word, dinosaurs, yeah. The dinosaurs, uh, and basically it goes through a whole epoch. There's a big Tyrannosaurus Rex who's a bit of a prick. He All right, eats somebody. The, the Roman one. The Roman one is... Centaurs. Centaurs! Oh, yeah, and Baku's the wine god, and Zeus starts throwing lightning bolts everywhere, and it's all a bit nuts. Lightning bolts of bars and everything. And the last story is the... Oh, no, the, the, uh, the crocodiles and the hippos. I did the crocodiles and the hippos. Oh, well, okay. you mentioned those. Night okay. the, ball, the, the, the devil one. The devil one is basically... That was super scary, but, um, yeah, it's two com- different pieces of music. Time... Keep going, keep going. Two different pieces of music, and then the devil basically is like luring people out of their graves to come and have a big party. But then Ave Maria, uh, kicks, Ave Maria in. kicks in really slowly, really lovely, and the light banishes the darkness. And that's Fantasia. <laughs> I'd love to just show that. The end. <laughs> Someone who's never seen it be like, here's a quick synopsis. <laughs> What? <laughs> what is this movie? Okay, I did it. Yeah, yeah. 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 the um, soundtrack in there. Fair play. There you go. Yeah, yeah fair play. All in, all in the detail. All in the detail. So well done, Dave. That was that was a good synopsis. Boom. Well done. I mean, it's a very like it's a really odd one yeah. to do because like normally with these synopses you've got a point A and you need to get to a point B and then you can you know just waffle it off yeah yeah and, and sometimes, the sometimes you, you dig into the detail and then you kind of spend too much time on it but in this one it's kind of difficult because you're like what was the next piece of music and what was the next animation because they're all individual the details are really important in Fantasia yeah. but like yeah. if you're one of the people who are going to rewatch it and stuff um, and you, you care about the classical music and I'm not like I'm not a super cultured classical music lover but it's such important music so you you kind of need to know 
bits and pieces of it and connect them together and to try and understand it and pick it apart. It's a very adult film. It is. It is, yeah. It's it's very not Disney insofar it's, as it's aimed specifically towards adults and it was very much experimental. Imagine watching that as a child. Like, I, I had never seen it before. I mean, I did watch it as a child and, I, and my memory is like a positive experience. But... I actually forgot that it's actually even within the different shorts they're all little vignettes like even yeah. just using the the Greek one as an example like it's not like one cohesive story like there's a little bit at the first with the um, dancing the prototype My Little Ponies you know yeah, all yeah. the pastel little ponies <laughs> and stuff on the video. and then then you have the whole little storyline with the, the little cherubs arse at the end making yeah. a heart well then you have the little <laughs> vignette with the, the centaurs getting matched up and then that ends with the arses and then you have the, the ba- ba- what's the god of wine Bacchus. Bacchus then you have his thing and then you have the Zeus thing so like even within them there's like five or six different pieces of music so, yeah and the, like the dinosaur one goes through like the beginning of time mm, through different eras the earth being like a big volcanic ball of magma I never knew volcanoes sounded like that <laughs> And uh, like single-celled organisms coming together, and then starting yeah, to I have to think. Well, the the science there, we'll, we'll talk about it. Paul loves the dinosaur. We'll talk about it. So here we go. Um, but I suppose this was for Disney. This was something that he wanted to keep on doing. Like every ten years or so, he wanted to come come together. Yeah, have another ten shorts <clears> that would be all filmed together with the orchestra. And because this didn't. I'm a little confused because I have heard this was extremely successful with re-releases, but yet they never did it again until 2000. So you wonder I, why. Yeah, and I do kind of think like this isn't the Disney film that you bring your niece and nephew to on a Saturday afternoon. It's, yeah. It is. Quite, it's it's kind of our house. Maybe yeah, like it's it's maybe they were trying to create and this is being very cynical about it but create a new market by like reaching out to adults with something a little bit more refined than a cartoon because if cartoons were considered a bit a bit a, a, a thing a frivolous thing then it kind of makes sense that they would do something a little more artistic right yeah which is actually incredibly ahead of its time then because i would even say it's only in the last 15 to 20 years that animation has kind of got a more adult audience I mean I feel like in the 90s my parents weren't going to see Disney films in the cinema the way you and I would well I remember myself and my aunt were going to see Disney movies uh, in the cinema I feel this I feel Fantasia was a bit indulgent to a certain degree I feel that you know this was something that probably Walt Disney had thought about since he was quite young and something that he had wanted to do Mm. and he had made a lot of these very short cartoon childish movies aimed or movies and shorts aimed at children and this was something that he wanted uh, it was a personal project for him I suppose mm. yeah but just going back to what you were saying about like adult you say you, your aunt would have brought you as a child I feel like your aunt would, wouldn't have gone with her friends to a Disney film in the early 90s or late 80s the way the three of us could easily go to the latest Disney film in the cinema and nobody would bat an eyelid I think they would have really yeah, I think they would have. Yeah. Oh, I know my. There's no way my parents would go to the Dis- Would go to a Disney film or any sort of animation. Film I can't say either kids. way. I can't say either way. Yeah, without kids or whatever. But like, I'm not actually sure. I guess it depends on what's on. Like, you know what I mean? But I d- yeah, I just feel animation, like even geek culture, like superheroes and comics and video games. I yeah. feel like that type of culture, up until twenty years ago, was considered very much a 
it's for the for geese. children. It's no, for but the for, for children. Oh, I, right. Even if there was adults into it, it certainly wasn't a mainstream Talked thing. About kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's only really in the last twenty years that now you can like. I I, I wonder, like if if you go to the cinema when like we saw Toy Story three at like a half eight Tuesday night showing, mm. or. Toy Story Four, sorry, but but I you, like four you o'clock. I was like, no. Oh. When did Toy Story One came out? Toy Story One came out. In no, like Toy Story, so we saw Toy Story Four like a year ago. Yeah, at an evening, a midweek evening showing. But I would be highly doubtful that The Little Mermaid, when it was released in 1989, was shown in cinemas after six o'clock. But that's one movie, right? That's like whereas Toy Story is four movies, and they span quite a distance of time. Oh. So you would have grown up with Toy Story and they were targeting probably the that's, that's a good point I mean I suppose uh, Toy Story to us has a nostalgic element to it yeah. fine you could, say, the same Moana. Reason you could that say Moana then yeah Moana was absolutely playing in the Liffey Valleys and Dundrums in the evening slots and it was seen by people our age what I'm saying is if they release four more Moanas over 20 years you can bet the kids that went to see Moana and had an amazing time will show up 20 years from now going that was so cool can't wait to see it yeah but my point is that Moana was the first film you don't need four films you don't, and it was still playing in the evening oh okay so yeah, therefore yeah. it didn't need the, the, the legacy that Toy Story had my point is that I feel like animation now is considered something that anyone can enjoy but when Fantasia was released in the 40s I reckon this was a hard sell because mm. kids would think that it would, it would go over kids heads but a lot of adults would say well it's a cartoon I'm not I'm, watching well, that maybe that was the point maybe maybe Walt Disney was getting frustrated about this perception Cultural that his of, cartoons yeah. were only for children and you know that that animation was much more than that and could be in a, a, a different sort of expression and should appeal to, to older audiences as well mm. I mean we have a friend Neil who I, well I don't know about exclusively but like most of the films that he would be into or watch and one of his favourite genres would be Disney animated and he's 37 as, 36. Would, as would John I yeah. John mm. he, uh, John would I, uh, he watches all sorts of films but the films that you know gets me excited would be the animated films definitely yeah. so Disney has always been very very good at making films enjoyable for adults who do have to bring kids along because they probably wouldn't have been as successful if it was a film and a story that just appealed to like a younger audience and child audience and then adults will get bored and then they'll be like oh I'm not bringing my kid to whatever other crap Disney's throwing out right now and then the other thing is like because they are enjoyable for adults then they start to maybe they've seen a couple of them and then then that's how they yeah, get into yeah, them yeah. so it's it's like a it's like a gateway thing like i think that's probably something that that came in in the 90s or maybe i would say that maybe the little mermaid is which sebastian was like an early kind of prototype yeah and then getting into aladdin like there was definitely jokes that genie said in aladdin that were for the adults yeah. i don't know if you could say there was any jokes that sebastian said that were just for the adults but definitely when I think definitely there was jokes there that the genie was saying and then when you get into Shrek half and Shrek and the later yeah, yeah. Pixar films They're half, getting a little jo- half of those jokes like. are for the I mean, I mean even TV shows cartoons I think I think at some point animators realised it's not just kids watching this it's the parents <laughs> yeah. watching this as well with the kids so we gotta keep them a little bit entertained mm. and I've seen you know, th- there was a show called um, 
fairly fa- fairy godparents fairly odd parents fairly odd fairly parents, odd parents. Yeah. and that had some like world war Two french resistance like <laughs> comedy in there that only a kind of adults would get where the french were like giving up easily and all this kind of stuff okay hilarious so they, they started appealing to you know ad- okay well Sorry. i'll tell you what it was it was they, like one of the fairy godparents threw something and it went around the world and then hit somebody in the back of the head in france and he just went we surrender <laughs> you know so uh, there was a very famous joke in do you remember the animaniacs yeah it's time for animaniacs where one of them was like was trying to solve a mystery so they were like we're gonna need some fingerprints or we're gonna need fingerprints and then one of the others ran in with a cartoon version of prince uh like a puppet with the expression of prince being like oh <laughs> <laughs> i need the fingerprints hilarious <laughs> I, I actually sort of remember that and not re- like not, t- not well at all yeah. and then seeing it on some YouTube critique of something of like cartoons and being like and that is filth yeah. that is absolute <laughs> filth and I say the animators were just wish, like come on lads we have to do this I wish, let's like, see if we can push this and they got it through I wish people could see the disgust on your face <laughs> when you're like that is filth that's so good that's not disgust that's a uh, that's, uh, revel yeah yeah uh, it was good yeah so, sorry do you like my cup Dave so Paul has a Fantasia cup no uh, I'm only joking I t- yeah. oh wow actually it's, as cups go it's very detailed cup. It has a lot of elements of Fantasia. I don't know oh about man, all the elements. You could have given me this during the summary. I would like a couple of visuals yeah, would have been really handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep turning the cup slowly. I mean, it's not, it's not in order. Describe it there, Dave. Okay, so at the beginning, let's it's just... I'm going to like spin it around from handle to handle. Mm-hmm. There are the cherubs, centaurs, and like the matchmaking scene going on from the like Greek mythology bit. Mm-hmm. Then it's not in order. So then there's um, Satan, basically. The Neither big. was your summary, so it's grand. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Satan's there, and he is freaking out. But don't worry, there's a couple of hippos doing ballet. One of them is doing a backflip. Or no, they're doing like sort of a dirty dancing thing where a crocodile is holding up a mm. hippo. Um, I believe dirty dancing was doing a fantasia thing, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Then we have the Sorcerer's Apprentice and Mickey is standing on uh, a cliff which he stands on in the movie and is summoning waves. So that mug, the first ever date myself and Paul had. The first time around. Eight, nine years ago? No, it's a good date when you had to crack out the mugs. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably, it was probably, we were together, we celebrated our seventh anniversary recently, so... Uh, I'd say nine years ago. We choked up. <laughs> we went out to the Queen of Tarts for coffee. A little coffee, a little, a little bit of cake. And I realised that my parking was running out. So I said, I, I will be back. I, I'm not using this as an excuse to, to leave the date. I will be back, but I have to go put more money in the meter. So I ran off, did that, and I came back, and Paul was like, yeah we have to leave we have to leave now we have to go we have to leave and I was like okay oh I just saw somebody I didn't want to see we have to go so I was like fine did you pay for the lunch and he's like yeah I paid let's just go and I was like oh right fine so then we said but where we go we went down to the Disney shop and I said we were just kind of window shopping we were walking walking along Grafton Street and we said oh there's the Disney shop it was probably relatively new at that point Mm, as well I'd imagine so 
nearly 10 years ago and we went in and I said well you bought lunch so I'll buy you a mug and I did I pick it out or did you pick it out I must have told you that I we must have been talking you must have said you like Fantasia or something I I loved Fantasia as a kid so when we were in the Disney shop you disappeared and then you were like they gave me this mug and then oh, like, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. And then six months later, he broke up with me. <laughs> to be fair, it only had four of the eight stories. Yeah, well, so, that's you know. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's the story of our, my lovely Bantasia mug. Yeah. It was my work cup for for years, years and years, and now it has pride of place on the kitchen table. So when we go through each of the uh, animations okay. and talk talk a little bit bit about them. So the first one is you know. My pronunciation Takata, Takata and, and, and Fuge. <laughs> in D minor. It's like Fuga or something. Fug, it's Fug, the Fuge. or, yeah. <laughs> Rewind. In D minor. One time. No, sorry, say that again. <laughs> Takata and Fugi. Fugue. In D minor. D minor. It's a live action shot of the orchestra illuminated in blue and gold, baked by the superimposed shadows. That's backed. <laughs> no, no, stick to no, baked. No, that's baked. <laughs> stick baked. to baked. <laughs> <laughs> that's great enough. Baked by the superimposed shadows, fade into abstract patterns, animated line shapes, and cloud formations reflected in the sound and rhythms of the music. That, that's Amazing. the podcast for this one. We're just going to read the Wikipedia. <laughs> look, look, look it up yourself. I mean, there's nothing to say about this. No, the first one was very abstract. The the narrator who is on during, uh, you know, he comes in and out during each uh, interval, says that there's three types of uh, animation in this. There's the abstract, there's ones which tell a very definite story, and what was the third one? <laughs> there's the abstract the ones that are just kind of pictures of like things and then there's the ones that are definite but he makes yeah. he makes reference to like this is an interpretation of how your mind would yeah, see I music li- I like and that. it's, yeah, it's yeah. the layers yeah. between that and oh yeah, god I like this, that. Sounds so, this sounds like mad pretentious but like no but that's what it is yeah, yeah. so I suppose th- the main point of Fantasia is there was a piece of music and it's how the animators then in their minds have interpreted this yeah so when when we listen to music when we go to an opera or we go to a ballet and we hear or we hear just this classical music we obviously have imagery in our heads and it's these animators interpretation of what they see in their heads when they hear this music i suppose which is it's lovely yeah i I, you mentioned earlier on dave that this would be lovely live Mm. and i think this particular piece is the one that I think would stand would be the best live like because the, the, it's so in, it's so I think the music is more is, uh, the music is incredibly important for the entire film but for this one in particular you see the orchestra for for half of it so to actually have this on a on a big screen with a live orchestra would be amazing yeah it's not that not that I dislike it but the it's not the one I'd go for live the one I think I'd get the most out of live I I won't jump ahead. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, just and we we probably will talk a little bit about the sequel later, but there is a equivalent of this in the sequel as well. Like just a totally interpretive thing with the just the, free flowing. Yeah, the color butterflies. And if you do you liked this film? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I I did. I was um I, earlier on. I was saying like I was kind of pissed. I didn't get to watch The Lion King, but at the same time, <laughs> I was actually really happy that I got to watch it because. 
I think if I saw it as a child, I'd just be like, "This makes no fucking sense." I'm here. Like, <laughs> um, but but to watch it as an adult and to like, because like I'd be into my music, not not crazy into classical music, but like you know, I'd listen to pretty much anything. Yeah, I think I was like trying to f- understand it, and trying to like, so it kept my attention that way. Yeah, okay. do you know what I mean? I feel when I when I listen to classical music, and I would have been exposed to classical music a fair bit as a kid. I don't have imagery in my head. Really? Really? Not really. No, unless it's called Flight of the Valkyries and then I see these like winged monkeys flying around the place or, you know, I, or, or, you know. that's showing it to you. No, well, I mean, if the if the piece is specifically called something, then I might get an image image in my head. But for example, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I I probably wouldn't have had an image in my head. And I find it very interesting when you see the music and how it's applied to very specific things and then they go okay so now the now the broomstick is getting arms and it's like do 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 and they've kind of mapped it out I love the thought of like how they literally were like right we have a symbol here so we need to have like when you were saying about the volcanoes okay we need to have something spectacular happen at that moment at that moment and yeah that's the I find myself with this film more than most animated films wondering how it was all pieced together because this would happen with nearly every anime I can imagine it was incredibly incredibly stressful without without computers to kind of yeah (laughs) hand drawn like you have to now I have to draw this like what was that That we need another three images oh no oh shit no that's not right we'll look on it the pieces with oscillated pieces you know it's not the first story it's like I think the fourth or fifth uh, the sound wave, sound wave. wave. Yeah. I can imagine that being so stressful because yeah, so much yeah. going on there it's not even a piece of music it's just like it's noise, noise. it's noise yeah. and you have to be like we're going to make a noise and you have to draw something that's the brief <laughs> knock yourself out I wonder if they had sort of do you know the way you could have sound waves and then you could have things and show show the sound wave and then maybe they could draw it off that or something yeah or? like the oscillation of yeah, it I think they might I think they might have done that for that particular one because it was so based on like it reminded me of the Kate Bush album the cover of Ariel because that's the sound wave of birds singing like the frequency like what we're watching now on the podcast yeah except that this is horizontal and now it's vertical the other thing about it was like when you're trying to like understand that and you're trying to put together something like this those effects that like we would take for granted so like say when they're using actual film and then layering animation on top of it so there's like moments in the movie where they have like clouds or smoke in the background and they've drawn stuff on top of it like that was really hard to do in the 1940s and you're just like wow I would love to be able to kind of like plot myself into the mindset of a person in the 1940s who's not used to seeing like CGI like you know at the end of (laughs) say like Rogue One and you've got like hey there's Carrie Fisher again I remember watching (laughs) like yeah Carrie Fisher except she's from the 1970s um, or 1980s or whatever but then there's the other thing of like I remember watching I think it was I want to say it was the like first of the new Star Wars movies and I didn't realise there was a character in it who was dead and had been dead for many oh, years oh that's in Rogue One yeah 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 that's yeah that's Rogue One is it yeah it's the old man yes yeah he's been yeah he was in I like was it in Rogue One yeah yeah I think he's also set in the first before one. Star Wars the first Star Wars yeah um, but yeah the old man I didn't know he was dead because CGI is that good right yeah. and I was but my reaction to it was like oh that's CGI 
If you show that to somebody in the 1940s, they'd like. Yeah, go, we can nice. recreate people now. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they have um, James Earl Jones. They like got him to record like every single possible sound. They were like, "You're a, kidding me." See. <laughs> Just so that when he dies, the alphabet? they're able yeah. to. Well, you know, <laughs> just use his voice. I don't think it was just the alphabet. I think you know they got him to record. Uh, basically, we need you for a day, James, and we'll pay you a shit ton of money, and for permission then to use your voice. He does have films. a very, very oh, distinctive you could voice. Swim in his everything voice. you see, everything the light touches, is your is kingdom. our kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Ah, there you go. He's got like we we in. He's actually in Fantasia two thousand, and he introduces one of the uh, the pieces. And he's got a very odd way of talking. Like his voice is milky and silky and smooth and bass. But his like the way he talks is the formation of his mouth is very odd. Maybe 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 that's why he makes these nice noises out of his bass. <laughs> I, the master of the ceremonies is uh, Deems Taylor, and in my memory, I always thought this that was Walt Disney. I always thought the man who introduces each of them is Walt Disney. Surely, it has to be. And wh- I, I kind of, looking back on it, I, he's not the conductor. The conductor is like Stravinsky? Leopold uh, oh, Podolsky. Yeah. So, I don't know why they got this chap, and he has this weird old Hollywood voice, like, today we're going to... Listen to a new form of entertainment called Fantasia. I, I feel he was one of the musicians who just got like picked out of the crowd to introduce. No, I, no? I, I thought he had a specific role. His, he was, his role is master of ceremonies. which is So his role is to introduce the music. That's what it is. And then you've got a conductor who is the guy who you only ever see from the back. Yeah. Right, it was Leopold Stokowski, not Podolsky. If that's your name, by the way, you can't be anything but a conductor. If you if you look at the picture, if you're you not allowed to be a cobbler, if that's, that's true. If you look at this picture on IMDb, it looks like he's a wrestler from the 1940s. Well, he looks it. like Big Daddy Cool or something. Oh wow, Jesus! Oh, like I thought you just meant his face. He literally has a shirt off. <laughs> oh, is that actually him standing? I don't know if that's him standing. I think that no, that's might him be on, the right. on the on the floor. But look at his picture, and I. I'm almost, I'm almost <laughs> like, why Jesus. did you pick that picture? Fantasia really fucked him up. Did <laughs> why did they? Yeah. Um, because any other picture of him is from behind. <laughs> That's yeah, why. Just like, Use um, the one with me on my top of. Isn't that a bit of a, a wasted? Why didn't Walt do it? I feel like this is like the perfect. I don't feel he was. I don't think he was in the public eye. Really, was he? Wasn't he? an extrovert, no. No, I mean he did. He did Mickey's voice, but also it's probably a, a thing about it not becoming about Walt Disney. Maybe, yeah, possibly. Like, he was just like, yeah. I'm the animator, you know, I'm the businessman, I suppose, as well. But that's, you know, I want to put it together, but I don't necessarily want to be in the limelight here. Yeah, okay. Um, the next piece, okay, so it was uh, The Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Say it one syllable at a time. Chai. Chai. Kof. Kof. Ski. Tchaikovsky. Yeah. Okay. And this is lots of little. This has got the. This is the sexy fish one, right? No, the Tchaikovsky one was the Nutcracker. Yeah, Nutcracker. Yeah, the, they had fairies. They had sexy fish. They had Asian mushrooms. They had the Arabian dance. This was like a little. Lots of little bits. They had the Russian dance. But my favorite bit was thistles. My favorite bit was the the sexy fish. It was like oh, and then the fish would be like oh, look at my see-through fins. Basically, Cleo from Pinocchio. Yeah, they were kind of. They were into their sexy fish. Did you find yourself doing that, like looking for other clues of? 
Disney stuff as you were watching it. Yeah, yeah. they have very in in certain movies they have very a very definite style, and I think that's what I, I was getting at earlier on. Uh, where in Bambi, here I didn't. we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Here, it's my podcast, Dave. I can go back Stop to once. Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, <are> bleeding, <laughs> like they have a they have a certain style of drawing an old man face, or yeah, they, you yeah, know, they have yeah. certain ways of doing certain, and they've like ways of drawing good people and ways of drawing bad people, and yeah. evil people. Yeah. yeah, we need to up the sexiness on this fish by ten percent. We'll just draw some eyelashes, yeah. give her a yeah. pout. Make her an unnecessarily make her, make her long fin. Make her fin. fins look like these yeah. sexy veils. Silky. Hey. Yeah. My translucent fins. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the only one I have any real comment on. I like the fairies are pretty. I thought the uh, Russian uh, thistles doing the polka was quite good. Then we come to the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which Loved is it. my favourite. So this is, for anybody who hasn't seen Fantasia... You will know this. This I would is say. the, the mm. this what is, they stick on yeah. the DVD. This, this was is, the really familiar bit. This is the bit that you know. Uh, so this is it's iconic. I think it's probably the only part of this film that is like truly iconic. To be honest, uh, I have seen Fantasia before. Um, it was the only one that really stuck out in my mind as going, "Oh yeah, I know this." Rather than the others, which were like, "Oh, I kind of vaguely remember this." Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I don't find Mickey a particularly charismatic character I love Mickey I know I, I can see that going a mile away <laughs> from like 20 miles like, oh, away oh, oh why did I even start like, I should have just said Mickey Mouse because yeah. I could see this. I, I, he didn't you miss. could see like the, my little grin on my face I, like, I don't think I, I would have stopped it. Like, it it was <laughs> emanating from me as soon as I didn't say mouse it I, shouldn't I, emanate anymore it just yeah okay. as soon as I continued without saying mouse I was just like oh, it just doesn't matter what I say now it's amazing uh, I don't find that particular character like overly charismatic like Bugs Bunny yeah I want to hang out with Bugs Bunny he's hilarious yeah uh, Donald Duck oh he's so angry he's so cute um, you know and Disney in general are pretty good at creating these little adorable like Pinocchio adorable Bambi yeah. adorable Goofy uh, yeah I'm yeah, <laughs> not the big fan of the Goofy Mickey Mouse I don't find him I don't hate him he's kind of like this little he's kind of a teacher's pet Mickey Mouse was the the first Disney character and it was um you know he's iconic in that sense and he was in all these short 10 minute movies you know back when culturally significant I was saying my point is that I don't find him particularly charismatic however in this particular short this is like Mm. I think this is like the peak of Mickey Mouse I said Mouse that time Uh, this is the peak of Mickey Mouse I think he's adorable in this and I think it's probably because he doesn't speak he does have quite an annoying voice I'd like that's Walt Diddy's voice. <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's Walt. Well, then Walt Disney has a very annoying now. I, I'm pretty cute. <clears throat> ah, but he does that, that like nervous His laugh voice. thing. Oh, well done, Leopold. Uh, it's great. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I think he's endearing. I think he's kind of cute. You can't really like kill off a character in Disney oh, either. I'm you not could suggest like, him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I'm not suggesting that you Just kill him. Just a big mousetrap. <laughs> But I, I feel like it's been years since he was in any animation. He was, wasn't he in a video game though, right? He was in Kingdom Hearts. He was in Kingdom Hearts, yeah. So that's that's kind of a resurgence and, and like a lot of people would have played that game. Though like Donald and Goofy were the, had way bigger roles than he did. Did they? 
he was like the, the he was like the leader of one of the kingdoms and had a very you know it was like the king of a kingdom that you don't see very often but he was he was revered and stuff okay but yeah I haven't played Kingdom Hearts in years I'm sure there's more games it's, it's, yeah it's a good good few years old now I think and but there was a new game this year I think was there three three you know, yeah. I want to say three but yeah I, I think like Mickey Mouse is not going anywhere but they haven't really used him in anything or he he's like periphery but still important yeah, I, because I he feel, was so yeah, I feel he's the face of Disney but he's not as you say he's periphery he's he's the face of Disney but he's not used so mm. much anymore no. you know? I, I would imagine he's all over the resorts kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah, yeah like Disneyland and, yeah. you see a big there you go <laughs> Mickey Mouse head and Minnie Mouse head and Goofy and all the rest of it okay. all the classics adult. you know they're exploring new things like Moana like Brave like Tangled you know they're, they're, they're moving with the times as yeah well. and their Disney Princess line and their Frozen line and they're now Avengers and Star Wars like yeah. sell infinitely more merchandise than Mickey Mouse like a, a t-shirt with Elsa will sell for like for every one Mickey Mouse t-shirt you're selling 100 Elsa t-shirts can I go back to something that you were saying earlier about like how your like no. parents okay okay let's move. <laughs> um, no your parents wouldn't go and see a Disney movie I, I, or you're an animated movie right I, I, yeah yeah so do you think that possibly one of the key drivers behind that is that because Disney is such a big force in the industry that they can just afford to throw out all of these movies because I kind of feel like they've had this history where they make a ton of money they lose a ton of money then they have a renaissance because they've made Fantasia they've made The Lion King they've made all of these things and you've talked about it a lot about like even with The Black Cauldron massive failure then something came along and rebuilt it so because Disney is just has the ability to do that because it's just so big it kind of pushes other movies out and there will always just be a certain amount of animated movies to keep it going so what's your sorry, what's your question my question is like do you think that because Disney is so big that that's why we have so anim- so many animated movies well I think di- at the moment in present day Disney Disney Disney's has, massive it's expanded that now Star Wars is Disney yeah now Marvel is Disney now even Fox is Disney so I feel that Disney are working really hard so that even though the company Disney own everything, they still are. They still want to maintain that the Disney, the core kind of Disney is also the is is the animated, like the magical magical kingdom. I mean, I feel Disney own all these brands, but they're not probably interested in messing with them a whole bunch because they were all incredibly successful brands in themselves, like Marvel. You know, so I feel Disney is going to do what Disney does best. Pixar does what Pixar does best. Marvel does what Marvel does best. I feel and it'll just keep it going. And it will, it, yeah. I think, like, <clears throat> going back to what you were saying, I think Disney have had flops, but have had the intelligence to know what they do well. Yeah. To go always go back to that, to then build up a load of cash try something different fail because yeah, yeah. <laughs> go it's back to what they know build it up again you know yeah. and, and and now they're kind of they found their ground they found their stride and now they're acquiring other brands to because to, to be honest Star Wars ain't doing too well really Han Solo flopped uh, and it's actually not a bad film really but it didn't do well at all 
and the last Star tepid. Wars film, which was the third. What was the third one? The something something Skywalker. Uh, what the, the, the rise, rise of, of Skywalker, Skywalker. didn't <clears throat> didn't reach the heights that it it should have. Yeah, like Marvel. Marvel just hits everything it needs to. Mm. Marvel are just doing fantastic, but Star Wars has, and I think the probably we're kind of going off topic here, but I think the problem is that Star Wars are every Star Wars film kind of feels the same. Well, Marvel films have your Black Panther films, your Spider Man films mm. feel totally different. There's a lot of there's variety. a lot of variety within them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. sorry. Back to Fantasy. So back to Sorcerer's <laughs> Apprentice. <laughs> it's a lovely little short. It is. It's based on, and I was saying this to you the other the other night. It's based on a, ni- a 1797 poem, mm. which was written a German poem, and then music was put to it by a guy called Lucas, I think, in the 1800s. Also called called the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and then was made into this short film in the 1940s. There you go. That's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> God, you sound so excited. I'm kind of, I, the one thing that I didn't understand <clears throat> was the wizard left his hat down. I was saying this. I was like, if you're a big fancy wizard and all your power is in your hat, you're not leaving your hat down. Don't be all putting his power, all of your don't be magic, magic in your hat. In Why that. do you think all of his, his magic isn't all in his hat? It's not all in his hat. He but can I mean, clearly call back the flood without the hat. Yeah, yeah, but well. that, that was the point. I was like, so why is the hat even relevant? Well, the, the, the hat clearly gave Mickey his powers. Yeah. Why? Because he wore the hat and then was able to, like, split the broom and summon it and... Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Yeah, I mean, it does glow. So, yeah, you probably could say that. But he is the sorcerer's apprentice. So you might... I I like to think Mickey had a little bit of... (laughs) 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 That's... Just Mickey didn't need his hat. Let's just fucking finish this short. Yeah. I like to think that the character the had some power and the hat just enhanced it because uh, it's, it's it's a nice short. I liked it. It was funny. It no, was it is, and it's it's, no, it's keep, a massive, keep massive going with the point. What my point is. I think yeah, the hat obviously had power, and it's silly. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck editing this. Okay. So, I was just coming and caused a big storm, and that's what Mickey did with the magic hat. It's, it's great I love even the bit with the broomstick is when it's getting the water it ties in with the lovely uh, crescendos and it yeah. it's just it's and it's got humour and I feel I like think, yeah I think I think this is one of the one example of where the animation and the music perfectly comes together and it's ah it's, come on the whole thing does it really well no the whole thing does it really well but I think this in particular every beat every nuance you know even to where the music kind of footsteps of the broom yes the the footsteps of the broom the music even stops and and it goes the the music at one point uh, stops and it goes dun 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 yeah, and that's you know it, it's 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 Mickey Mouse trying to get the broom up, and he's he's trying to get up. It's just it's just worked in so well with the music. I just feel it's it's excellent, mm. and I the, think it's it's the, the best example sequence. of the animation. Oh, I love together. the dream sequence. The dream sequence, the dream sequence was, was incredible. But yeah, I get that. That kind of when they're starting off, he's trying to like figure out how to actually use his power, and the music communicates that better than the visual does because without it it wouldn't work it exactly. would just be him like kind of going Bleh. shazam yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just find it really interesting thinking about these animators sitting around listening to this probably three million times mm-hmm. and then going okay so yes. he's, now he's trying to you'd be sick to, to death to, of it wouldn't you 
Oh, I'd say they were fucking sick of it, the whole thing. Did, and I feel Harry Potter, the, the soundtrack to Harry Potter got some influences from this piece of music. This with the... Do, 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 do. Yeah. That same there. Dun, 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 dun. Mm. Maybe. Mm. They're quite distinct, I think, though. Um, okay, so the next one, then, is The Rite of uh, Spring by uh, Stravinsky. And this is the dinosaur one. The dinosaur one. The dino one. Yeah, that scared the crap out of me. Like, if I saw that as a child, I'd be really obsessed. This brings us through billions of years of the Earth's evolution up to the death of the dinosaurs. It's a theory. It's one of the theories. Here comes Uh, science. Boom. There is a questionable theory of how they die in this. I was asking Paul, because Paul's Paul's big into dinosaurs. Big into dinosaurs. Um, I was saying, is this pre- meteor theory and you were saying I no don't, i don't i don't think so i feel like the meteor theory was knocking around back then but so it, in this in this they say well they kind of think that there was a a dry spell or something or a dust storm or massive something. drought <laughs> yeah dry just spell. like a, a yeah. global they all unstoppable drought they all yeah exactly there was a, a global drought high. and and the earth got warm and there was dust and they just yeah, totally to not relatable at all. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> but they did, but they didn't say. Oh well, yeah, there was a big meteorite that hit the earth. No mention of a meteorite. I don't. I don't. Know. I actually really meant to research that, and I forgot. They don't really explain the the drought either. It's just like it just it's presented to you as and everything got like everything was just sand suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, apart they they leave out the meteor, but to be fair, it probably was similar accurate enough. You know, except that they didn't mention why that this the happened. Description but at yeah, the beginning, yeah, I felt yeah. was really accurate, and it was quite surprising because I was like, "Wow!" Because you don't expect Fantasia to be like so descriptive. <laughs> There's a few little things they got wrong. Well, it was the 1940s. Give them a break. No, there was things that they would know. There was known. things that they right. should have known. All right. Um, Shall I tell you? Go on. Okay, first of all, I learned about dinosaurs as a little only child when I was very young. So my pronunciation of most dinosaurs are incorrect. And they're so, you know, I can't even say I am. How bad are we talking here? I am. What is this? IMDb. Like, so I can, when something is, when you, when I learn something, it is very hard to get that out. Okay, thank God I wasn't brought up particularly religious. So... uh, Um, so moving on <laughs> so my point being that I know a lot of my dinosaur pronunciations are wrong but yeah. I learned them reading and, yeah. that, and, I, and my little five year old brain like was like well, this is how you pronounce that word and now even though I've heard the real ones I, I just find it really hard to relearn these things so the things I got wrong first he says they weren't very bright that's not true. They, they, they're pretty sure that lots of dinosaurs were incredibly intelligent, uh, particularly the Velociraptor types in the Deinonychus. Had a Velociraptor moment, but go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could open doors. Huh? Just saying. Just, can, I, can I have a little thing about Velociraptor? Go ahead. I think the closest thing we have to Velociraptor on this earth right now is an ostrich, and I'm fucking terrified of they ostriches. They fucking look you right in the eye. Well, they Velociraptors are pretty small. They were like the size of a oh, turkey. True, I thought yeah. they would have been bigger. No, no they were quite small. That's the okay. This is one of those ones that I I call them Dinonychus. They're probably called D B 
Scooby Coster, Diane. Diane Coster. I call them Dynamicus. <laughs> Anyone who knows what they are knows what I'm talking about. I'm Mickey Coster. Uh, they were the ones that are more like Can't. what we see in uh, Jurassic no. Park. But uh, Velociraptors were quite small. Probably about the same size as Magic. Ah. <clears throat> well, no, I think they're kind of um, Then uh, the other mistake that they made is he says that they could also fly and they could swim. So implying that the uh, Plastosaurus and Elasmosauruses and the Pterodactyl and Pteranodons that we see uh, are dinosaurs. And they are not dinosaurs. Yeah. And the most glaring mistake is that the climax of this is a fight between a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, And the Stegosaurus is from the Jurassic period, while the Tyrannosaurus is in the Cretaceous period. And they were separated by about the same amount of time, if not more, than we are from the T-Rex. Boom. That's my second boom moment. There you go. If I could could show you dropping a microphone right now, I'd be like, boom. This this looks very expensive, so I'm just going to... Don't drop the microphone, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and then there's other little things that like to be fair like I, this at the, like dinosaurs up until kind of so we now know that dinosaurs are birds they're the same thing and and Jurassic Park had the the posture of a T-Rex correct like their their, their back is almost horizontal mm. well to do, like back in the 1940s people would have said that dinosaurs like T-Rex were almost like human had like totally erect postures which mm. is totally incorrect but that's fair enough that's fair enough I feel a lot of this uh, talking about Fantasia has led off into a lot of tangential conversations. Yeah, <laughs> no, we said it was going to be an experimental one. It was. Um, I do find that this particular short, I love all. I love all the dinosaur, the fighting and stuff. But I do. I found myself daydreaming at a lot. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. It took twenty-two. It, it was, was twenty-two long minutes long. Time. It was long. I'd, and I'd, I'd say about fifteen of those minutes were kind of abstracty cells and volcanoes and. To be honest, I. F- feel i was going to say this later on but i'll say it now i feel this fantasy in general is too long it's two hours and five minutes and i did find myself daydreaming a bit i felt fantasy 2000 was one hour and five minutes and i felt that was a lot easier to keep my concentration i actually watched it in two parts so i watched (laughs) it over two nights so I, I think that's probably yeah, that's probably <coughs> where it yeah. yeah. As soon as um, I got a fifteen minute interval, <coughs> I went straight to bed. <laughs> I feel though you said that it would be good to see it live. You'd be sitting in the concert hall going. Yeah. You get a fifteen minute interval and you can go out and you yeah, can. Go. Speaking of the interval, which is after the dinosaur one, that I mean I agree with you, Connor. I think this this film could have been edited down. But if you don't want to edit the animation, which is beautiful, why bother having this intermission where we just watch? It's probably musicians. just a live show. No, I'd say I'd. It's, no, the, in, the, the intermission, show, I would say, was when people actually went to the cinema to view this. There probably was a 15-minute intermission, and they were they were making it as, as if you were in a concert no, hall. Uh, yeah, yes, I get so attempt, they're an attempt at experiential uh, stuff. Yeah, I get that, but I just kind of think that's some that's part of the fat that could have been tripped and there was this weird scene in that where like two of these people just bang into like a um, it looked like a, a wind chime oh yeah where they accidentally fall over and yeah the, and your man just stops talking and then oh, there's yeah, that the, was weird there yeah. was also there's the uh, they're like oh well now that that's happened oh god that was so terrible and it like it to me it looked staged that they were like oh no we've oh, knocked yeah. the wind chime over this isn't a, this isn't a live uh, uh, concert they literally this is all framed and stuff but again to Connor's point it's probably just an attempt at experiential stuff in the 1940s which is a ballsy thing to do you have to hand it to them 
Then there was also the improv music that they did when the con- uh, the MC was away. Yes, I liked that. That was really good because it was it wasn't classical music. It was kind of jazzy and it was a bit upbeat and it was very different. And it shows that they have talents beyond classical music. Yeah, I I I personally felt like at the end of the day, this is a film. It's uh, I, I yeah, maybe this will come to to our overall thing. Okay, mm. okay. I feel though that you know the way nowadays. Nowadays, um, <laughs> back in you, my now, time. nowadays you see in films ballet and yeah. you see concerts and you see you know and the the cinema is now not only a place where you go and see a movie it's where you go and you can see different types of art yeah nice point okay. and mm-hmm. this was a first attempt at that I suppose where it was you know generally people would go to the concert hall and they would see. A, a symphony or an opera or something and this was doing the same thing incorporating animation but then was released on a worldwide scale which you know kind of makes it more accessible yes possibly yeah I think that's fair okay so we move on to uh, the Pastro uh, Symphony by Beethoven which is the uh, Mount Olympus one well there, there's a lot going on in this there's, there's a lot of stuff I feel like I, I, My Little Pony so this is basically the Pegasus. pilot for like, My Little Pony. We're like, yeah. okay, pastel, magical horses. Let's, let's, check. let's yeah. let Disney yeah. don't know if let's have run a copyright. Let's run with that. Fair enough. Then we got like, ooh, are they sexy nymphs? No, no they're horse ladies. There's, there's little cherubs, though, before that, playing oh, sorry, playing right. on, on like little trumpet things. Uh, you're right. You're right. Let, let's, not, let's not rush. Because <laughs> there's something I want to say about the Pegasus. Uh, Pegasi? Pegasus? Pegasus. 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 You got like these beautiful little ponies, and there's a yellow the one, and there's boobies. a pink one. No, no, no. We're talking about the, no, the no, no, no. The, 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 the actual horses with the horses, wings and the, Pegasus and the, and the unicorns, unicorns. Right. not the centaurs. Yeah, sorry, they didn't have boobies. <laughs> they didn't have boobies. <laughs> well, they so we, did, but no nipples. Um, they. So we got the lovely, uh, lovely, the beautiful winged white horse, and and her little yellow one, her pink one, her blue one, and then her like, her. her I guess the male Pegasus is this like quite frightening yeah, black quite evil looking with the red eyes and stuff he looks like a knight in a I chest I kind piece. of feel like there's probably a lot more going on with the mythological story of that so perhaps while we would all know Pegasus in like 2020 you know and a historian would tell you about lots of different kind of horses and maybe this one was like a defender because he, he appears again towards the end where he's like overlooking Pegasus and the smaller foal. I don't know if a historian would tell you that. Which? I don't know if a historian would tell you you that. A mythologian. mythologian. (laughs) You know. I'm being cheeky. Um, But somebody somebody who's into that kind of thing would tell you. It's a good good point. I I feel like it's really layered. uh, I mean, I didn't know the the name of the god of wine you were saying is Bacchus. Bacchus, yeah. yeah. Bacchus. Uh, Bacchus. Possibly these were characters as well in like Pegasus kind of characters in Greek mythology, which yeah, which I, 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 I think the black. Ho- I, I feel this this little short took took the mythology and then used it to, which is fine, but used it to its own artistic interpretation. Like in Greek mythology, centaurs were extremely violent and quite rapey, to be honest. Well, so, that's, that's not nice. No, no, it, no. It, <laughs> it isn't. was like one centaur who was like kind and wise and I can't think of his name 
he was in a Wonder Woman comic can't think of his name but the centaurs as a race were known to be quite they're just savage. violent yes Bob um, Bob the centaur nice guy I, I don't even think that unicorns were part of Greek mythology I think that's I don't think Greek uh, like are, a, a thing that we've added or embellished I think over they time. were like oh Pegasus is Greek and we also uh, unicorns are myth- surely there's some link between Pegasus and Hercules and all that sort of stuff Pegasus yes but unicorns no Okay. Unicorns are the ones with the horns. Pegasus isn't a unicorn. Isn't Pegasus he? are the do- the horses with wings. Yeah. And unicorns are the horses the, the, the with horns. Wings and, horn. and if you get but a mixture, a unicorn doesn't have a wing, unless it does, and then it's called a unicus. Then it's called a pegacorn. <laughs> like um, a liger. Okay, so we got these. So we see. I think this is quite cleverly done. We see these like ladies and they're bathing, and that's like a. You think they're nymphs because that's a thing in Greek mythology that you see like oh nymphs are like bathing in the lake. Is this though? Like I, I don't remember. Like not that I'm a a mythology expert, but I don't remember nymphs being a thing. Yeah, I thought it was more. uh, You like like the whole thing is like if you see a nymph bathing, like like, a siren. Don't. Oh no, no sirens are in the sea. Sirens are, are in like the sea, but you can be sea. like it. No, they're like in, like, in a small so pool of water. It would be like a forest kind of fairy, and like you see. So the, a lot of the Greek mythology say you see a nymph bathing, and then a lot of them are like they were like watching them, and then the nymph sees them, and then like puts a spell on them. So there's this myth that like she puts a spell on this guy and turns him into a stag, and then as soon as that happens, then the hunt happens and he gets killed. So, so I think we're meant to think they're like nymphs, and then suddenly, oh my god, they're centaur ladies. Yeah, that's Cent- mad. Cent- a centress. Uh, they have a name actually. Do they? Centaurettes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. I, I kind of I actually meant to because I, I was scribbling notes and I fucking forgot to bring them. But it's like the rockets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So these and they're all they pretty and they're all different like pastel I, colors. It, it kind of annoyed me. It annoyed me because the, like then then all the lads come in and when they did, I immediately turned to Elisa and went, "Lads, lads, lads," which she laughed at. But it made all of the women into like fawning all over them and all <laughs> fawning. Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it did. It kind of yeah. it, it it was very you said one of the weeks on one of your things that it was like, Oh, Disney's mad for their gender roles and, and like was, they were kind of putting people it was into boxes. Very and, uh, heteronormative. Like yes, literally yes. every female okay, was okay, we're talking about the forties. The nineteen forties, we're talking still, about nineteen forty, okay. Yeah, but we are talking in twenty twenty, so yeah, we're well, I mean, with that it's lens. going to be not heteronormative in nineteen forty. Okay. We're not comment on it. Um, that's like saying you can't I'm gonna talk about some racist things in a minute. <laughs> No, no, I think that's fair. I, 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 like, fair enough. You can still look at it in the lens of the 1940s, but you can still comment on it. Right? Comment on it, and like, it's not even that. It's just every literally the blue centaurette goes with the male, the blue centaur, and the no, there, there's no, a bit more going on no. there. Hold yeah. on, because we brought we. I said this. I said, oh, look at that. Now the blue one's going with the blue one, and the yellow one's going with the red. No, there were yellow ones going with blue ones, and red ones going with oh, pink right, ones. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I think the blue centaur and centaurette were representations of sadness and and being depressed and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And then the the cherubs bring them together, and then together they find some sort of happy story. And that's yeah. lovely. It that's is lovely. Really it nice. is. It's nice. a lovely. It is nice. it's a lovely and story. I, I think I think the animation, particularly on the centaurettes, not so much on the centaurs, but I think the animation and the design of the centaurettes is it's gorgeous. Like yeah, they look, no, it is. They it's look exceptional. Like, like. Yeah, really, really, and and quite quirky like 
there's not that many centaurs in popular culture. Like, is there a, a famous centaur character? I not enough. Except Mataro, maybe. I was just going to say Mataro from Mortal Kombat is the only centaur. And he's, like, not even a big character in Mortal Kombat. There was Kombat. a centaur in Harry Potter. There's a lot going on. That's right. I think he's probably the bigger one. But even in Harry Potter, he's not but a But he's not a char- huge character. No, no he's it's not. just this, like, very small part. Yeah, centaurs are cool. We, like, centaur represent... I want some centaur representation. I'm going to be honest with you. I could take or leave centaurs. I've got to be honest. I have one little bone to pick. Okay, well, actually... Okay, yeah. I have one bone to pick. When when we introduce Bacchus... Bacchus, the, the kind of, yeah... The god of wine. God of wine. He has been... Kind of uh, feel like waited on by two zebra centaurs mm-hmm. who are both black ladies mm. and mm. we only ever all the now granted all the other centaurs aren't white they're pastel colors but i i do think they're very much coded as white women yeah and then the uh, and then we are introduced to these two black women centaurs who have zebra bodies and i think that's kind of cool i think a zebra centaur is kind of a cool design but hmm. they're not paired up with sexy zebra man or even not they are they're not servitude a, i think bacchus also can represent in certain stories like debauchery and devilment and all okay, sorts of okay. stuff so if you can consi- if you look at it through that lens it's like not a very nice thing no and they are they are they are fan they are fanning him yeah and they are like escorting him which so is a very servile thing they which are, none of the others did they are servants yeah. as opposed to all the other centaurs which are like sexy independent ooh, independent oh ladies of the uh, Mount Olympus whatever so I think that is unfortunate it is and 1940s 1940s and the version that we all saw has is not the original version that's the 82 version dun dun because dun. there was another character called Sunflower who has been edited out of this why and Sunflower was a centaur lady girl uh, but instead of a horse body she had a donkey body okay and she was a piccaninny is what uh, Piccanini, like a little. Not gonna lie, I totally burped into your microphone. Um, Sorry, go ahead. So we get some wet wipes. Get some wet wipes yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she <laughs> she was like a, like I guess like a pygmy, like a little tiny little black girl, and was basically a minstrel type character. Really, and um, like you know had all the uh, characteristics of those type of cartoons. And she is. She, uh, if you when was on, she edited out? Well, she's in loads of little scenes, and if you go on YouTube, you can uh, you can have a look. But so. She there's a lot of the scenes of the girls when they're like like when they're getting all prettied up for the yeah, men. Yeah. She's like polishing their hooves oh. and she's like plaiting their tails. And then she, <coughs> in our version that we saw, the red carpet when Bacchus arrives rolls itself out automatically. Hmm. But she is like pushing that, and she's like hmm. one of his slaves and stuff. And this was in the original version. And they just thought it was too insensitive. In, in modern times, they're like, oh, maybe, but maybe, like, maybe we'll get the eraser and rub. Even out. in the 1940s, they should have kind of gone like, huh? I kind of feel like, particularly for Walt Disney and aiming at children and all of like, arguably the progress that was made. Like you literally use the word one of his slaves that should have rang alarm bells surely yeah. um, Though, like, so you'd have to wonder I how it know. got in there yeah but I don't know if it was probably uncommon in the 40s for rich white households to have you know black maids and no. you know, that kind of stuff anyway so mm. it probably didn't seem like an odd thing 
I mean, Go- Gone with the Wind was 1939, a year before this. Mm. And um, the actress... So that had the first actress to win an Oscar, uh, the first black actress to win an Oscar. Hattie McDaniel. So Hattie McDaniel was the first black actress to win an Oscar. So she probably won the Oscar the year after, in 1940, the year this was released. She wasn't allowed to sit in the same part of the auditorium as the white actors. So, like, segregation was segregation was still a thing. So, like, I don't think the character of Sunflower in this or the I mean we still have the, the, the zebra centaurs fanning him and I don't necessarily think it needs to be erased but I do think it's just interesting to comment on like like race relations back then and we still need to improve oh but, god yeah. by, by a whole lot but like I don't, I don't think anyone would have batted an eyelid at that in 1940 mm. and that's that <laughs> next well, one even on that's that like yeah no I, it's uh, just hard to yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so the next one I is that I do like though I do think that's really charming the whole short it is it goes on a bit long it is it's well. quite long yeah. the next one is Dance of the Hours so this is with the hippopotami and the crocodiles dancing around their tutus love this and the elephants love this the it's so good you can see like this is basically like Dumbo had like the, the pink elephant scene in Dumbo yeah, yeah. just had the off cuts of this that's very true actually yeah. yeah there's a lot of stuff going on I really enjoyed the switch from morning to afternoon when it goes from ostriches doing ballet which was pretty mad gorgeous to hippos yeah. because of all of the animals they could have picked you would never expect it to be like yeah and, and, these, and these bald elephants and coming out. but you end up loving the hippos so yeah, much and the, yeah the so elephants afterwards and then the crocodiles being so evil and and the crocodiles are meant to be evil kind of uh, and come out at night but they're not actually evil are they because they dance with the hippos and they kind of at the end they all kind of it's it's a bit vague like is it yeah. are they bad are they the not? way they described it the way that the uh, MC Deems Taylor described it is that you know you've got morning and afternoon evening then you've got night time and then at the end you have the light triumphing over the dark yeah, and this yeah. kind of stuff but at the end of it I didn't get this feeling that oh thank god the night's the, over yeah I didn't get this feeling that oh the, the hippos had beaten the crocodiles I got this feeling of well they've all kind of come together and done this yeah ballet I dance. agree yeah, yeah. You look, you look doubtful, Dave. No, I, I, yeah, because they're they're wearing evil red capes. <laughs> I mean, like, what am I supposed they're to think here? For God's sake! I, also, <laughs> I don't feel, I don't feel worried for the hippos because hippos are pretty form- formidable. And I never yeah, hippos, th- hippos take no shit. Yeah, I, I never felt. I, well, I, I didn't think the crocodiles were out to eat them. You know, I, I kind of got the. Well, they, they start creeping up on her. Like well, in her I sleep felt that if anything, they were being a bit creepy and they're trying to like force themselves on the hippos. Yeah, no, Jesus. it was a bit, bit dodge. But, but at the end of it, I thought they were just getting on and just dancing away. I loved how body positive the hippos were. So yeah, she was like, mm, yeah, yeah curvy, curvy, but I'm just hot as fuck. Who gives a shit? But they're also like just how they're drawn is sort of amazing and they're they're like graceful and they're they're the of all of the different dances i feel like the hippos had the most yeah i think they were the main characters of the of the short because you think it's going to be the ostriches and they're they're so like and they typical of ballet yeah. and then suddenly you've got this hippos doing all this amazing stuff and to be honest once the ostriches ostriches are gone we don't really see them no, again. But well, they, they come back at the end for a bit. Yeah. They at just the scramble around end. the place. Well, the hippos never like really leave. Once they're on screen, they never really leave. Yeah. So I feel, yeah, you're right. And that's the important thing about Fantasia. Like, that's the, like, with cartoons, 
And with animation and music, you can do these incredible things. So you can do these like mm. nonsensical, doesn't make sense, but somehow makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of I think Slapstick like that's stuff. one of the best things about Fantasia as a as a piece of art and possibly what Mr. Disney was trying to get at. <laughs> Mr. Disney. Mr. Disney. So we have come to our last one. So we've got Jesus. a combination of uh, Night on Night Ball, Benton and Ave Maria. It's fine. Not I, to say. No, I really liked it. Oh, I no. loved it. Really? This was I the one I wanted to see live. This is really frightening. Night on Ball Mountain is frightening, yeah. This is one of the ones, this is a, this is a piece of music that would give me visual imagery. It's, it really goes for it. Like, you are seeing really horrific imagery here. I, I think there's even, like, a glimpse of, like, a, a female demon completely naked for like a, a, a there is a there is brief second yeah and not in a not in a titillating or alluring way in a it's like a frightening yeah ghoulish uh, sort of yes yes I think Fantasia is a movie you could watch stoned and get an awful trip off but I think if you were watching uh, this at the end you'd be like oh Jesus no <laughs> yeah I, I, there must be a th- th- like watching Fantasia while stoned that must or, like, like, or while like tripping on it's kind of not even no just like something. it's just the way like people watch uh, the, 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 uh, they watch The it's Wizard of Oz with the too. Dark Side of the Moon playing in the background oh, while they're yeah. smoking weed I reckon just watching Fantasia while smoking or or maybe taking mushrooms that must be a thing so I feel watching it with Dance of the Hours at the end would be better than watching this at the end. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I think this is good because the, whole, oh, the good. whole point of of the last story in Fantasia is how these two very different pieces of music set each other off. Like, that was that's literally what they say. They set each other off perfectly. Hmm. So you've got this very dark animated song and this like frightening style of music that's very 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 slowly transforms into basically the sunrise and once that happens it like it's i found it personally like watching it and i paid a lot of attention to it i felt it was really calming so to go from that like oh my god there's a lot going on here but then the ave maria didn't have this massive build-up it was just kind of linear almost and then sunrise and then the film just ended and it was lovely black fade out to black that's it perfect like i i honestly was like i literally turned to elisa and said thank god (laughs) (laughs) it's over i had to do a podcast (laughs) longer than the movie about this um yeah we're coming up on two hours now yeah there you go do you want to finish on Ave Maria? Is that, is yeah. that where we're going? Lisa like it, by the way. Um, we were so I was watching. Sure this. That I mean, not just she was one. watching. She had seen it before. I hadn't, and she was like dipping in and out of it. She had some classic moments. My favorite of which was like when Bacchus was like dancing around and everyone was making a ton of wine. She was like, "That's going to be Ireland on the twenty first of September when the pubs reopen yeah. after the coronavirus." So yeah, no, it was good. She liked it. She's seen it before. I hadn't. Um, so yeah, she was kind of dipping in and out of her phone, mm. not unlike yourself, Connor. Yes, well, by I all mean, accounts, I mean that's every. I did find me. myself with Ave. I have to say, I, I did find myself with Ave Maria, kind of going, okay, okay boys, let's, yeah, let's, let's wrap it up now. Let's, let's, let's yeah. let this bad boy. But uh, you'd have to wonder why. 
like because Ave Maria is a great song and yeah it has like a whole connotation and whatever like, else but like I, I, even the animation song. scene was literally just people with lanterns and like trees and I was I was and I know it was meant to be more it was meant to be very atmospheric and stuff and I think in a, I agree in a live setting my my arms you get goosebumps and, and stuff but at this stage now I had been like watching it for two uh, over two hours and I'm, I'm also very sensitive to watching film with Connor I could sense Connor getting like antsy antsy and kind of going come on let's wrap this because Connor correct me if I'm wrong but you wouldn't be very sensitive to music being something that would kind of like move you what, what, like, what do you think I do when I dance? Well, that's a, ah, that, that's, there you go. No, but I know the that. Bam, it, but it, boom. Well, well, I think <laughs> when we listen to music, I almost feel that unless you have a path to one of your dances, it doesn't really speak to you. And I can the the, the example being Mary Coughlin, a big fan of, of a huge big singer who I love, Mega has singer. a new album at the moment, and you've responded kind of positively to this album. But nearly every song in that album has the rhythm of one of the dances that you do as opposed to music that doesn't have that I, I don't I don't think well, that you don't I, like it but you wouldn't necessarily kind of oh no, God, no I, I, I I'm, said I'm correct me if I'm wrong very but curious would to you, see how this plays out no I do respond more positively to uh, music that I can dance to but that's not that's not true of all music that I like you know went to uh, Metallica last year in Slane and Amazing. I had I, I did I used to not so much anymore but I used to listen to a lot of rock music I thought that like I mean I, I responded very positively to the music in this I just felt that at the end of the two hour mark I was just a bit done and I so just you were you were lethargic but if you watched it in two parts like I did you would have had a birth I, I think you would have had a different experience because possibly yeah. I enjoyed the second half probably more than the first half it was a brilliant in my I genuinely think it was a brilliant ending and it was because I was waiting for because the first part was so big and like explosive and frightening and had a lot going on and Ave Maria was just like there and it was subtle and uh, subtle soft whatever a a cool day after an exercise even even the version of Ave Maria (laughs) even the vocals were kind of you were, yeah you were expecting it to go somewhere yeah, big yeah. just like the other song before it but it didn't it just went to the sunlight and ended yeah I yeah. thought that was great I thought that was a really good ending yeah I, I suppose it's a, fa- it's a fa- and I'm talking about as a whole here I didn't I did enjoy it and I mm. do think it's a wonderful film but it is probably a film that I admire more than I necessarily enjoy. I think I would agree. I think it was an experimental piece, which I do admire. But, you know, I've seen it. I saw it as a kid and now I've seen it again. I don't need to see it again. Really. That's, I, I think I would watch it again. That's three for three. I like, I'm exactly the same. It's it's not a movie that you can hold to the same standards as other films because it's just so different <laughs> that's going to come in great with our list yeah. we have yeah. to start a whole new list <laughs> yeah. right um, but yeah the, true. yeah I, and, I, and I think and we, uh, the, the sequel I would recommend the sequel to you because it's, it's pretty much just more of the same and, and, and I don't mean that in a flippant way but like literally they were like, like let's come up let's with seven again. more shorts the, with, when, with I watched, when I watched uh, Fantasy 2000 and it is more modern you know there's Gershwin and there's you know blues and, and jazz the Gershwin and is, is actually the, the, the Gershwin is probably the, animals, probably the, the best animals, what is it? Carnival of the Animals is it yeah, yeah and that's really short it's like is three it? minutes 
when I watched the Fantasia 2000, I thought, well, this is great. Really good animation, really good music. And they had a lot of different, like they had Steve Martin, they had James Earl Jones, they had uh, Bette Midler, they had all these kind of celebrities. Angela Lansbury, I love Angela Lansbury. Uh. Um, introducing them. But it was an hour. I was an hour and five minutes or something. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, that was great. And then I saw Fantasia was two hours and ten minutes or something. And I was like, oh, jeez. Wasn't there like, I, I, IMAX was also a thing. And I, that was, was a big... Only cinema film I've ever seen in, in IMAX. Um, I didn't mention my father in this podcast at all. My father is so, so into classical music. And I was into animation. And he would have rented this with a, a view of like, oh, this is something me and Paul can watch together. And my mother would have been more of a person that kind of was like, oh, this is a film that you'll like rather than my dad so and he brought me to the cinema to Fantasy 2000 amazing and I think one of the things that Fantasy 2000 does better than this is that the shorts are all one cohesive piece of music to one cohesive story as opposed to here's three minutes here's a similar three minutes you know like uh, and there's the Gershwin piece which is New York and there's the there's this whale piece as well and then there's this lovely yeah so I would recommend that I'd recommend okay. it okay so that's Fantasia. Um, the, 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 the end. Things that we yeah. normally do at this stage are we talk about characters, which don't, doesn't really no. apply. Uh, music. I Mickey think we Mouse all agree the music is the pretty music good. The not bad. Pretty good. I would recommend it's a classic. Uh, yeah, classic. classic. Yeah, try. Uh, we liked it, lads. Yeah. yeah. Plot holes. <laughs> um, that fucking hat. Diversity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, diversity, which we commented on the slightly insensitive nature. But there's probably loads more bits screen. if you watch it again. Probably. I have to say, like, there's bits you can yeah. pick out of it and go. Oh, God, hmm. yeah. This was the. This was produced by Walt Disney. It wasn't directed by him. It was directed by Joe Grant and Dick Humor. And conducted by Leopold. Yeah, yes, I, I, yes, I, 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 but I think it's such an unusual film. Yeah, that type of thing. So, uh, and I don't have a thesis statement because what would it be? What would it? There be? you go. Music and so, visuals I mean, are good. Thesis. Yeah. Yeah. So Boom. I will find this hard to put on our lists. Um, I, I think it'll be in the upper half. I agree. Mm. It has to be. It has to be up there. Because it okay. just it being so, I feel though that my mind wandered more in this than it has in other things. I think that, that that's the nature of this type of film, though, because there's no. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, I would put it. I think I would put it below Les Mis. I was going to say above Les Mis. I definitely think it's better than Les Mis. I think. Oh no, I don't think so. Have mm. you seen Les Mis? Do, do? I have not. I don't. Think I haven't seen half the films on your list. Oh, but you should be getting get get, get know, on it. Get know, on well, it. I know. I okay. Well, where would you? Well, I mean, I definitely think it's better than Sneakers. Sorry, Ash. <laughs> yeah, better than Sneakers. Below Les Mis. Okay. Well, that's that's. I would put it above Les Mis. I was going to put a number after Scream, no. but that's fair enough. That's a nice compromise. So this is going at number fourteen. Hold on, it's better than Scream. Uh, it's better than Scream. Our list. It is better than Scream. Scream is kind of trashy. Trashy in a fun way. I, 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 yeah. I can see why this is my art more artistic and there's more entertainment value. But I probably would want to watch Scream. Entertainment if, value. If you had. Okay, well, okay, okay. Here's the question there. Oh, no, no, no. It's being a different. It's a this, is in a, this, is a, this is the question. Different kind of thing. <laughs> you have two hours to live. <laughs> and you have one movie to watch it's and the options are definitely not Scream or Scream I it's think I'd probably scream. watch this about two hours oh later. I'd watch Scream 
Because I feel like this would be more like impactful, <laughs> beautiful, like artistic. Uh, that's a good way to go out. It's a beautiful. Hey, look at that. It's a good way to go out. If, if honestly, if that is the scenario, it's Fantasia, one hundred percent. It okay, is better than but, uh, but whatever, we're putting. But I'm trashy. This, we're putting it in at number fourteen. Number fourteen. Number fourteen. Right, number okay. fourteen. Fantasia. Okay. You've been overruled. So I have been overruled. Listen, <laughs> now, now just, I just want oh, to say okay. before we continue. Oh, sorry, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say it might uh, it might be a little bit longer for the next episode because um, we're we have another guest, Adrina, and uh, we're just trying to liaise times and stuff. And doing, yeah, so uh, so sorry, lads. I I know you're just dying for the next episode, but you'll just have to wait. Well, I was going to say he wants a shout out that uh, last week I was the best man at a wedding for my good friends Kieran and Marcy congratulations Woo, guys and, and tonight we are recording on a microphone that they kindly gave me as a thank you for being their best man or for being his best man so uh, thanks guys and congratulations and I hope you enjoyed your mini moon in Tipperary and uh, there you go Kieran. this is probably about your 15th shout out you're always looking for a shout out so we're going to the next time you get a shout out we'll, you'll be on the episode we're not going to mention you ever again unless you come on the ep- <laughs> come on an episode you're the best best man that is true I it just want to say true. that is true facts science <laughs> Okay, so Dave, um, did you enjoy your episode on Silver Screamers? Absolutely, I had the best time. We have to pick the next one before we wrap up today. Okay, no, we're just going to edit that out. Terrible time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for our next episode, we have our dear friend Darina joining us. So we both. This is a this is a month of celebrity guests. Can I just say celebrity? (laughs) Darina, love that. We are going to. We have to pick some new. Films to review. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> do. That's what we do. Podcast. We do. So and our good friend Arena is going to be on the next podcast. So, uh, Paul, what's your movie? So, uh, so yes, we asked Arena for two films. Sorry, we never asked. We never gave you this privilege, Dave. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, so the film she gave me is Brave, and I have Princess and the Frog. Oh, okay. Brave is okay. a good movie. I hope it's Brave. Um, I kind of both Brave too. I'm actually pretty happy with. With either of these, okay. Roll the dice. Well, we have to pick a heads or tails first, my dear. I will be heads. <laughs> okay, heads. Princess and the Frog. Tails. Brave. brave. Tails. <laughs> it's brave. <laughs> That's twice you've won now. One lad. I know. Not fair. Right. Uh, well, you wanted brave. You literally brave. Just said, I know. Yeah, brave but is. I also want to win. Brave wins. I know, but I also want to win the coin toss. That's such a confusing <laughs> um, place to be. Well, there we go. Our second Disney film with a redhead. There you are. Uh, um, we have no souls. Dave, have you enjoyed your time on Silver Screamers? I've had such a laugh. It's Thank been you so lot. much for having me. You're very welcome. And you, so you have much. to come back to us uh, sometime. And next time we will let you pick the movies because this this was forced upon you. <laughs> hey, I know it was it was a great movie. I'm, I feel I'm, like you were fantastic. I did. I got a lot fair. of it. Okay. Loved it. So, guys, remember you can catch us on our website. It's www.silver-screamers.com. You can email us silverscreamers at gmail.com. You can reach us at Twitter at Silver Screamers, Facebook Silver Screamers Podcast, Instagram Silver Screamers Podcast. You can catch us on our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the Apple Podcast app on your. Apple iPhone! <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Silver Screamers Podcast. Oh, Silver Screamers Podcast. Podcast. Oh, Silver Screamers. Podcast. 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 Podcast.